till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer is pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer is a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Hi, Mimi. Hey, Leanna. So today I'm really excited to talk about informed consent. Yeah, I don't know that informed consent's ever been exciting to me, but I'm kind of interested to talk about it too. Well, consent is always sexy. Right, so let's just, so informed consent is that paper that, in my mind, it's like the paper that you sign before you get surgery or procedure. Yes, yes. Also, the idea is that every time before you have something done, you know about it and you consent to it and like the doctors need that for like the lawyers, right? Right. But the history, like behind every regulation, there's a terrible story. And there are like some really terrible stories about cancer and medicine and informed consent. So during the Middle Ages, there was this, like doctors really didn't know anything in the Middle Ages, but there was this like, Dirty knives. So in the Middle Ages, there was like this idea that you shouldn't assault someone. And that was like, it was like the regular laws that just governed normal interactions Mm -hmm. between a doctor and a patient was not a special relationship. And then in the 1800s, doctors like got this idea of benevolent deception. Mm hmm. Um, which, like, the doctors are like, oh, I know better than them. So they would just lie to you or um, do things, like, for their for your own good because they know better than you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like some, some of this, I think, is still in the doctor-patient relationship. Like, that mm-hmm. the, like, I've been talked down to by doctors before. Like, like, I know better than you. Right. Like, let me tell you what you need to do. But that was very, very popular in the, like, mid-1800s up until 1912, mm-hmm. which is, uh, like, around the time that women got the vote. And I point this out because I think it's interesting because the the legal cases really started at that point mm-hmm. where the first case was the first case that got this into law um, into like the realm of law was Mary Schoendorf versus the Society of New York Hospital it mm-hmm. was a case that she brought against her doctors because she had consented um, her doctor said I want to go in and look at this thing and Mary said you're not going to take anything out and they said no and then they did what while year she was, was under again? anesthesia so the case is 1914 okay and we don't know when it happened but it was around like yeah. probably, presumably like, I mean, around you that could, time like, wiki you're, this. whatever no it's fine I'm just wondering yeah. Um, but yeah so the, right after the vote was your point though right after the yeah. vote and it was yeah. brought by a woman so the justice in this case said every human being of adult years and sound mind has the right to determine what shall be done with his own body and Mm -hmm. a surgeon who performs an operation without his patient's consent commits a battery for which he is liable in damages. Now I mean I remember when you talked about 
your mom too she sort of used your dad as a proxy in a way too i mean that's another different way of like almost someone else providing informed consent right yeah no or like other 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 people can but like when right. we started like bringing cases like you there was a case in you know uh, 1955 where a doctor didn't explain the risks to a patient and this patient had something terrible happen um, and the the case was an elderly male patient consented to a prostatectomy oh. but he wasn't specifically informed that he was going to be uh, sterile after the operation right. he wasn't told at all so so the like out of that case doctors have to explain the risks like if they don't explain the risks they have to like they're liable for damages right um you have to know what your procedure is which is terrifying because this one was um a woman who it's near and dear to my heart because a woman was going to go undergo a test to see like she got put under being told she was going to get a biopsy mm-hmm. but when she woke up she had gotten a, mas- a mastectomy and oh, she no. had specifically asked beforehand she's like well you're not going to remove anything and they said no I'm not going to remove anything and then they put you under and they remove stuff so I remember hearing stories like this from some of the first people I knew who got cancer that I knew personally where they thought they were going in for maybe like an appendectomy and they woke up and they had testicular cancer and lost some pieces of themselves and I mean I just remember hearing stories like this I think that those days may be over a little bit. Well, I think it's over because of this informed All the lawsuits, consent. As you're, as you're saying, like the yeah. Well, not just lawsuits, but like these this process, and and including lawsuits and tied to the law. It's been like a really rough process, like to go sure. through because it's it's like something bad enough has to happen, but to what, form it into the mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah to the procedure to like get the outrage about it mm-hmm. uh and where are we with informed consent now i mean so it was interesting so for this podcast i didn't know anything i didn't i've signed a bunch of those informed consent forms you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i've thought about it a little bit but i haven't thought about it too much because i've sort of just thought well this is what i have to do to get the things that they say i need and there's just like one more thing to think about like you already have to think about right i didn't think too much about like the underpinnings of the process i kind of was just dealing with a lot of processes that were new to me i guess so I didn't think too much about it. But then in preparation for this podcast, I um, looked up what the American Cancer Society defines as like informed consent as a process that includes all of these steps. And so here are the steps. You are told or get information in some way about the possible risks and benefits of the treatment. And yes, I definitely, that happened for me. Did that yeah. happen for you? Yeah, okay. like, like it's easy to find that information and it's easy for a doctor to like explain that. But mine did. Like, I remember I still the drawing that she drew. Oh, yes. She, I have, she like, did a lot of drawings. Lots of drawings. Okay. You were told about the risks and benefits of other options, including not getting treatment. Now, that never came up, including not getting treatment. Did that come that, up for you? So I brought that up a couple of times. Like, that was one of the questions huh. that I regularly asked to my doctors I said what happens if I don't do this would they say well like they didn't like I researched it too um what did they say when you asked them so they said research shows that you know if you do get treatment 
your chances are here, mm-hmm. you know, like 80s or 90s percentages. or they like percentages. percentages. Yeah. Okay. And right. if you don't get treatment, like it's, it's likely that, you know, this will happen in the next five years. There was never a discussion about not getting treatment in my discussions. Well, they're not going to bring it up. I know, but I wish I had. Anyway, I just, I'm just curious. I would have liked to do it. I mean, I have lots of speculations, I realize, but now I realize they're very speculations. Okay. The next bullet point. You have the chance to ask questions and get them answered to your satisfaction. Definitely, yes. But, like, good luck with coming up with questions when you're in well, shock and awe. So, I, no, I that's, think, no, but that's good. That's I think, true. I, and I also think that we had, like, a particularly great experience because I hear from a lot of people who like don't have like the chance to ask questions and get all their questions answered to their satisfaction yeah okay next bullet point you have had time if needed to discuss the plan with family or advisors well who would you even talk to about this (laughs) like like, what timeline that seems like uh, delete that all right next you are able to use the information to make a decision that you think is in your own best interest that's a little oblique american yeah i don't know wait let me read that again you are able to use the information to make a decision that you think is in your own best interest okay yeah that's i, I don't know yeah <laughs> well like what is my own best interest like and i'm able to use the information well, to make does, a decision how does this like, information that i've never heard of before what if you're really dumb like, <laughs> and that's the doctor's fault. And this is like complicated shit. Okay, I don't it's like that bullet point, shit. American Cancer Society. I don't, I don't know about this list anymore. I thought it was good because I thought it was very clever, including not getting treatment. I was like, oh, I didn't have that. Okay, now I'm. Oh wait, okay, oh, last we, point. We oh need, shoot, we need to start writing. We need to start writing these guidelines. Okay, well, Leanna, big dreams, hopes and dreams. <laughs> All right, last bullet point, guys. You share your decision with your doctors or treatment team. Yes. I mean, you have to yes. sign something every single time. Yes. So that, that very clearly always happens. Right. Um, but some of these things don't very clearly always happen. Right. So I really just wonder if there's, like, any such thing as informed consent. Because... Like, really? When it comes down to it, it's just, like, a legal construct? Well, you're getting, like, so much information hundreds of years of history you know decades of like med school and the progress of like human civilization and medicine and you're getting all of that in like two half hour appointments and i want to say legal medicine like i mean it's it's very much like wrapped in with legalities yeah well it has to be because otherwise uh, doctors would like benevolently deceive us i guess well i don't know but i don't want to go back to the middle ages i do know that i don't want like leeches and bleeding out to clear clear out my cancer thank you very much well so and i just think that what you're really deciding at informed consent is like just well, I trust the doctor. Right. Like, I trust the system. The process. Like, I trust the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust this process that we're going through because the numbers bear out. And also, these folks are wiser than me. Yes. I mean, I may have some nifty ideas about how to use mushrooms and stuff, but, like, I don't think that that's really going to cure my cancer when it's that bad. Well, and I haven't spent the time, like, learning about all the dangers 
Yeah, and also these things have just been, they're really being studied right now in the kind of hospital, well, sorry, kind of clinic, research clinic that we were in. You know that you're going to be getting the state-of-the-art stuff. Yeah, I mean, you are. So trying to use shamanism is like, great, but use that in addition to perhaps if you have access to the good stuff. Yes, but like, I do trust this process of like, this is going to cure. Right my cancer and I trust I also trust the process because one of the guidelines is uh, the doctors have to tell you if it's a common side effect so if it's something that's like regularly happens or like super serious consequences yeah but one of the things that I noticed that I just want to say that they didn't get very granular and some of that stuff I only learned later like oh yeah this may have a permanent effect on your digestive system or oh yeah that you do lose muscle mass afterwards we don't care about the secondary oh yeah secondary side effects like you can't even get through the first like wave of side effects and that I think is it's let me say it is a luxury problem okay I want to honor that for all of of our friends it's such a luxury problem but it is a problem like I was sort of shocked and felt a little betrayed when I was like I lose muscle mass now I'm actually I have to say I kind of like my legs being a little leaner I'm not gonna lie well and honestly even stage four cancers are living longer and having these secondary side effects because they're living longer and from the drugs it's from it's really a lot of it's from the treatment I mean we we've always acknowledged that this isn't this is the side effect of being able to live because we're getting the right treatment but it does like it eats away at your muscle mass it makes you just have sort of just strange side effects like i'm still getting little fierce little rashes i can't have any vitamin b i have i have like tingles in my hands and feet and like some people don't have feeling like in their neuropathy neuropathy yeah that's neuropathy i got I got acupuncture actually, which worked very effectively to help prevent that while I was going through taxol therapy. So I highly recommend that if you have that option. You have to do what before, during, and after you get it, yeah. ideally. You know, keep doing it the whole way. I think maybe I should do some acupuncture, but like, I don't know. I feel like. What- but like, how much? Like, because, like, obviously the doctors can't go into that detail, right? That's well, what we feel like we're here for. But right? also, like, why is it my job to, like, figure out all of the possible side effects? Like, oh my God. Why like, is it my job to, like, try to predict this? Um, the future is unknowable anyway, but now I'm trying to predict the future with, like, something I know absolutely nothing about. So we went to one of the most, like, state of the art places in the world, and yet there's not enough people working at the Zakem Center to, like, really work this project the way that they really needed to you know with all the alternative medicine and all of the just the holistic kind of care and when I say holistic I don't mean it like holistic like super hippie trippy like chakras although I kind of do actually inside but truly like I mean just like you need to take care of the whole person and like be like oh let's get you some needles in your feet so you don't lose feeling in them because you're only 36 do you know what I mean like that kind of practical just like let's get in there and like do some therapy so you don't have PTSD so much afterwards do you know (laughs) you're still probably gonna have some no you're almost certainly gonna have some but like if we can reduce the neuropathy and if we can reduce the ptsd and reduce the catastrophe that's gonna be your life if we can just like make this less of a catastrophe like our informed consent is a way to do that but how but again i just want to say like we can only expect so much like maybe we need to take informed consent a little macro too like be have a more informed consent attitude in general, a proactive attitude about our 
healing. You know, are taking this medicine that's really friggin' strong. I mean, a lot of us are really careful about stuff we take at the drugstore. We should be just as careful as if we take in our veins for chemo and learn a lot about it and have real informed consent. I don't know. I, th- I feel like our priorities are so different from the patient side and the and the doctor's side in terms of like, okay, so I've had amazing doctors. Me and too. you've had amazing doctors. Mm-hmm. And most doctors are amazing. Now, wait, I want to say that I started off with not such an amazing GP who totally did not catch my diagnosis. And he sucked. So there will definitely be some of those. Right. So I did have a taste of that. And it sucked. And, and I spat and, that out. And it's like a weird, like, the doctor is there to make money. Or the system is there to make money. Or the hospital is there to yes make money no there's a million different ways of making money though these people are very bright like well no i know i know that they're very bright but what i'm, I'm saying is that like people are coming at it from a different perspective because my doctor isn't worried about what is going to happen to me in 10 years my doctor is worried about what's going to happen to me in three years if i don't get a mastectomy like that's what my doctor is worried about mm-hmm. my doctor is worried about my right now so is she going to tell me about you know, it's just like a different point of view. So, like, you can't yeah. expect that. The- and my doctors are interested in different things because I was on a trial medication and I was a super responder. So they're really interested in how long I live. Do you know what I mean? And what I'm doing and like they're interested in a different way, like as almost like as an experiment. And I signed up for that, too. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I have I have an agreement to be getting my blood tested for this like on a schedule for the rest of my life and that was my that was my exchange for this treatment and there are certain medical facilities that I can go to in the United States of America and internationally to do that and I have committed to that is that does that feel like a loss of control no because it melt for me I was a super responder and so I melted my my cancer away so for me it felt like a lock and a key kind of situation and wow I'm so grateful I'm resentful I have to do more treatment because this is still a trial you know that stuff all came up but it does feel like it was part of the informed consent it was part of what I signed up for but also you're so friggin desperate to have something that might melt your cancer away at that point you'll almost agree to any bargain with the devil it's Faustian it is it is a little Faustian so I will say that from from the medical field side like on our side we just see that that form that we sign anytime we have a procedure Mm -hmm. but doctors every three years if they work with human subjects at all for research or for medical procedures Mm. they have to go through a training that talks about how they're humans yeah don't take advantage of vulnerable populations (laughs) oh my god like here is the history of that well you know why we have to do this because here's the history of that and it's it's like it's not like 30 minutes it's like six to a bazillion hours like doctors are spending so much time on this like they are told on a regular basis this like little morality training like other people are human so I mean, doctors do. And they do forget, too. Like, I remember having someone say to me, like, wow, can you believe how well you're doing? <laughs> and I sort of thought, my goodness. <laughs> it was one of my checkups. Like, I get every six months. <laughs> I was like, well, yay. Oh, I, the, the relationship between the patient and the doctor is always, like, a little bit, 
little bit fraught. That was it. Well, it was a nurse practitioner, and I really like her, but it was interesting. It was very honest. <laughs> I guess you can't. I I, know. I, I, I feel like I can be very honest with my like medical staff. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Like I like I like everyone pretty well, much. Well, like I tell people much. when they make me crazy, or they'll hear about it on the pod. No, I don't. I yeah, I don't even need to do that because everything's cool. Like I'm getting my annual on Wednesday. I've been in the hospital every single week for the last four weeks. Talk about informed consent. Hey, I've been in the hospital every single day. I know, like, (laughs) every day you'd be hustling in the hospital for money. So, I mean, that's informed consent. Like, you knew when you took that job that you'd be in the hospital. Deanna, read your informed consent. And, oh, they didn't know, they didn't get to see that this was what I was doing, so they didn't have informed consent. That you had a podcast? You didn't tell them? No, well, I started this after I started working there. Oh, no, Dana Farber loves us. We love you. But Dana Farber knows. Sure, Dana Farber's awesome. We love them. Jimmy Fun, Red Sox, (laughs) everything, Boston, yay. Awesome. What are Cancer. What are our protocols? All right. So my protocol is the following. Maybe you should ask what would happen if you didn't do the treatment. Yes. I didn't do that. And I actually think that's just really good information to have. So you weigh it out with scales of justice and you're like, okay, yeah, I'd be dead in a year and a half. Like, I wish I'd known. I wish I'd just asked that question. I might ask that question on Wednesday, actually, of my oncologist. I'm going to meet with her. It's like once a year. It's a special thing. She's kind of famous. And it's like, I think every, every time, every time you make a decision, what, what would happen if I didn't do this thing? I really like that as an Occam's razor. I like that. Okay, cool. That's a good protocol. Hey, on the fly, what do you know? And if they don't know, make them look it up. They do look it up. All of my dogs, well, who knows? But yeah, you can look it up too. Empower yourself. That's maybe another protocol. Look it up yourself. Yeah, no, we should definitely. I look look up everything myself. Like, I usually go with the stats to the doctor. Right. Because if you know beforehand, you can talk to them in a way that you can't otherwise. So, like, know your own responsibility and informed consent, and that's to, like, understand as much as you can. I try to understand as much as I can and build it into, like, three bullet point questions when I meet with my doctor. Um, Anyway, I mean, you have to distill it down. Informed consent is super complicated. It's like making coffee. No, it's like it's like trusting the entirety of like the history of medicine and the doctors and the like whole healthcare system. Like I do trust. I I think it's our best bet, though. I'm sorry. I do. I do. I believe in using alternative medicines as no, well. And I, but I just don't. I am so all in with doctors or their best interest to keep us alive. I love informed consent. Like, I'm a fan. We change the balance of power. Like, doctors are not... Like, if doctors benevolently deceive you, like, you will They get, could literally get away with murder. Yeah, but that sure. doesn't happen anymore in the same way because of how the legal system... Especially in really good hospitals in good countries. Oh, yeah. Because in some bad hospitals in bad countries... Without I mean, regulations stuff for happening. informed consent. Sure. Think about the alternative. Like... Think about getting cancer in a bad place where the government's gone bad and things are just bad and the doctors are bad. Well, that's why they <sighs> that's why the rich get treated at the best places oh in the gosh. world. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. That's like that's like some crazy class structure right there. There's a lot 
of foreign people that you see when you're in the halls of medicine places in Boston, any medical places in Boston. Um, But just like it shouldn't be a matter of luck if you survive or if you die. It's it's a matter of millions of dollars. Well, it's a matter of years and years of human beings trying to solve these problems. Right. Exactly. And also being part of the solution to when you're going to a research facility, you're also part of giving back. And that's part of informed consent, too. I mean, I've signed off on a lot of my genes to be turned over because I want people to find out what kind of genes I have that's giving me and perhaps other people cancer like that to me is other people did that they paved the way so therefore like I got targeted therapy which is like a shade away from immunotherapy so I feel that other people have paved the way for me therefore it's up to me if I can to pave the way for them especially if it means that I get advanced medicines sure good deal well like I want someone to study me because me and mom both had cancer really young but it's not like the her two no mutation it's not her, it's not right. a known me too a known factor exactly and it was my grandmother so i think yeah i i think that we owe it to the people in front of us and behind us to contribute to inf- I, but again with informed consent and recognizing what you're doing well and recognizing what you know and what you don't know yeah and like what you've looked at and what you've thought about and Ugh, it's so much energy to like think about all these things like it's a lot I know and I'll be honest I did not think about informed consent at all when I signed off on this stuff like I no. did not think about it at all until you, you mentioned it as a podcast time. episode two days ago or something how do you have time to be informed yeah, shot. well you know yeah actually though Leanna I could have taken time as things have gone on more recently and my, my surgeries have been more spaced out you know about that but it is interesting like there's yeah, so I think I think there's a lot here, and I think there's a lot more to discuss um, by people who probably have legal minds or medical minds or both. No, me. I'm going to rewrite the guidelines. Okay, you're very ambitious and maybe delusional in chemo brain, but I love you. No! Don't a patient, spill wine. A patient's manifesto. I'm not even close to spilling wine. Know, I'm just being crazy. I mean, it's a... It's a, it's a patient's manifesto of informed consent. <laughs> Um, any more protocols? I don't, I don't think so. So thanks for tuning in. Um, we hope you learned more about informed consent and, and are inspired to go and learn more. Yeah. And just think about your informed consent in every which way. Take the time to do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, informed consent. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Thanks, Leanna. That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks, Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks, Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you your stories. Your protocols. Exactly. Advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thankscancer.com. Traffic stopped, you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, Where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card, we're your passport date, cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark.